a brilliant idea alone is never enough to cause the kind of change and transformation that I think people like to see. You know, I'm talking to the change agents, those guys who are like innovators, the creatives, the leaders and organizations that see the kind of change that needs to happen. And honestly, we're living in some times where a lot of organizations are trying to figure out how to make digital transformations. Uh, it's the, the, the idea of digital transformation is becoming a buzzword among a lot of agencies, right? It's where uh, an organization, a company of some sort had a product or service built in, in a day and age where digital didn't exist. And now their customers are all in this digital domain, you know, researching online, buying online, communicating about products and services to their friends online. And so there's this transformation that has to happen. And it's really, really hard if you're in an established organization, especially if they've experienced success, um, to try to change them. And it's, it's never enough to have just a great idea alone to affect that change. What I would say is transformation is a process, not an event. There is no flash in the pan moment or event that happens. Uh, it can sometimes be a long grind to getting to that place. And the bigger your organization is, understandably, the more complex and more time it will take. And so the mindset for that leader who's in that position, it, first and foremost, is critical. You're going to run into a ton of frustrations. You're going to take three steps forward. You're going to take you know, two steps back. You're going to take two steps forward and four steps back. Like there are going to be multiple things happening at different, at different points in time that, that oscillate between progress and snapping back to what everybody's always known. A couple things I just want to, I just want to talk about, uh, because I feel like I've spent my whole career in this context context. I feel like my life's calling has been about helping people and organizations take new ground. That's what I feel built to do. My temperament, my skill set, my experience, everything has kind of led to, you know, being in that type of position. And so um, I've done that for corporations, for nonprofits, churches, small businesses, big businesses, just all kinds of folks. And there are so many similarities that all of them share. And a lot of it is the resistance to change, the resistance to new. We love to talk about new. Everyone I've met loves to talk about innovation. They get fired up about vision and creativity. But when it comes down to applying it, to changing a process, changing a, a structure, shifting around who manages what and who will have authority and who will be the lead on this, who will be the, the new senior manager of a particular team, when it comes to breaking apart teams and better utilizing them for the future that uh, is, is ahead of us, Oh man, all of a sudden that enthusiasm for vision and for new and for future is challenged. And if you're the innovator, you're the leader kind of leading that change and that charge, you're, you're in a world of a ton of opposition and challenge. And so you just have to have the mindset that, you know, people don't fear the unknown. They don't fear that new change. That's what I mean by the unknown. They don't fear like talking about, oh yeah, this new change. What they fear is losing the known. 
So people don't fear the unknown. They fear losing the known. They fear losing control. They fear, fear losing revenue. They fear losing, you know, attendance or donors. They fear losing what they know. And the truth is, this is just more of a, of a human experience now. The the idea that you're in control now, and that you know you have established some level of security and control, is an illusion. You know, it, it's a total illusion, and this is part of the danger and the hubris and the 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 things that happen in organizations that end up dying is they can't let go of what they know, what they what they've come to understand. And sooner or later, the world around them changes and the market demanding whatever it is they're offering, whether a product or service is no longer there. I wish this was an isolated event, you know, with one or two companies to point to, but unfortunately, every decade, every year, there are more and more examples of people who could not make this change. Um, I've built a whole business around serving, you know, folks who are trying to make this transition blockbuster video didn't make the transition you know to to streaming even when they had the opportunity to buy netflix they chose to double down on dvds kodak was the largest most innovative uh, one of the most innovative companies in the world in their heyday with the most innovative labs so innovative they created digital technology um, before the market even, I mean, they invented it. Steve Sisson, their engineer, invented digital photography. And when he presented it to his senior management team, they were like, that's cute. Don't tell anybody about it. And they snuffed the idea. And later it was written about Kodak that they had developed antibodies against anything that competed with film. Isn't that crazy? That's what I'm talking about. Like. We love this idea of new. We love this idea of new things we can do, but we don't realize that like our own physical bodies, our organizations create these antibodies that reject, fight, or attack new ideas. Even if those new ideas are the future of what, of, of, of what your organization or your business could look like. Even if those new ideas come with incredible possibility, opportunity, and value for your business, we will attack them. Our systems, our processes, our people will attack them because uh, they're foreign. And this is just normal. So, I mean, Kodak, like I said, Kodak, you know, the taxi companies, the hotel companies, Sears didn't take Amazon serious. Like... You know, in all these companies, their businesses have radically changed or they just don't exist anymore. So transformation is a process. It's a difficult process. And so the person I have found that's in it, the leader that's in it, you know, either gets frustrated because of that opposition. They, they feel the corporate antibodies at work and either just get frustrated and leave or they recede. You know, they just kind of recede back into the organization and find something else to do and just kind of get, you know, like they they end up not caring. Like, I'm just going to live my life and do what I want to do. It's, it's such a tragedy when you have people who really care about your business or about your service. They genuinely care. And then they get beat up so much by the antibodies in your organization that they're just like, it, it costs too much to care this much. 
And so what they end up doing is receding into the organization and kind of take an approach where it's just like, I'm going to go, you know, put, me, put in my time and then go, you know, go live my life. There's nothing really wrong with that technically, but there are just people and talent around us that do care. They do, they have a natural drive. They're the kind of leaders that want to push forward. And, and it's unfortunate that many times in these settings, those folks go underutilized. And so they just recede into the organization. What I have found with people like that, you could almost double your capabilities almost overnight when you find ways to empower those people that are underutilized. You don't even have to go hire a bunch of people. Just take your superstars that you have that are hungry, that are naturally you know, wired to push forward and they care about the mission and they care about life counting. Take those people and empower them, man. Your job as a leader is not to just stack up those direct supports like that. Like just keep direct, just keep stacking up more and more of those rock stars those direct reports. Your job is to provide direct support to those people. Your job is to remove roadblocks. Your job is to get things out of the way so they can go do what they need to do. I'm telling you, you can literally almost duplicate or double, excuse me, you can double your, your capabilities. But instead, you know, the, the reality is people should know that by and large, if you're looking to change something, it could be some of the hardest work that you ever do. And so, you know, your, your mindset is, is critical because if you don't have this, this mindset that it's a little bit more of a process and it'll take time and taking new ground, you know, is kind of like step by step, um, you know, rather than this instant deal, you're going to get frustrated, you know, so you, so these people either leave, they recede, you know, or they just are among what I call the walking dead. They stay there, you know, but, but they stay in the organization, but they've already quit. <laughs> you know, they, they stay and quit and they're just kind of going through the motions. Uh, they're among what I call the walking dead, you know? So this is typically what happens. And I, I think this is one of the reasons why it's so hard for organizations to take new ground and to capture the opportunities that are out there. Um, it's a lot of it is just rooted in our own human nature. And so what are the things that, you know, need to happen? I think that what I have found in my own experience is, you know, sharing an idea is not enough to cause that transformation alone. You know, you have to have a story, a very clear narrative and a story. So, you know, some people share more passion more enthusiasm and optimism, they communicate more of that than they do a simple idea and a powerful idea. You know, they put, they put, the more that they see the opportunity, the more that they get a sense of, oh man, here's where it's going and we're seeing different people experience success. The more that they see the opportunity, the more excited they get and they don't, they're not self-aware that really what they're communicating is just a bunch of emotion. And so when nothing happens or there's no traction among their audience or among leadership, 
they get very frustrated. And instead, what I always like to say is take all of that energy and really focus on a strong narrative, a great story, a simple story. Uh, I say this a lot, the difference between a mediocre idea getting accepted and a great idea, a great idea being rejected is the story that you tell. I've seen a lot of people have great ideas, brilliant ideas, and they packaged it in a really poor story that didn't communicate, that didn't connect, and those ideas got rejected. And then I've seen, or excuse me, yeah, those ideas got rejected. Sorry, great ideas that were packaged poorly and communicated poorly that were rejected, even though they were great ideas. And then I've seen people with mediocre ideas who just had a better story. Those ideas were, were accepted and they got resourced, they got the people, they got the funding, they got whatever it is you know, that they were looking for. And so my thing is the narrative and the story that you're telling matters incredibly. When I walk into a senior team meeting, it's not uncommon that I walk into like, it's like a war zone. You know, we're going in there and not really, you know, but, but you're going into a place where people's attention spans are short. You're walking into a place where it's like people, people don't really care. They want to know the bottom line. You may have 10 or 15 minutes, maybe five minutes to keep their attention and to present whatever you have to present. Nobody's there clapping for you, laying out the red carpet, you know, really giving you however much time you need to share all of your insights. When a business has had years and years of, of operation and existence, and it has invested in certain processes and ideas and philosophies, then they're vested in those processes and ideas to try to bring something new to the table that changes how everybody has been working, staffing their people, creating their budgets. You just got to understand you're walking into kind of a hostile environment. So without a story, you're like walking to a battlefield without any guns, without any armor, without any artillery. You're going to lose. You're going to, I mean, ch more chances than not, you're going to find you're going to get run over by the culture. And no matter how strong, you know, that, that idea or strategy that you're bringing to it, it's like the old adage, culture eats strategy. So the culture that's already in that organization is going to eat your strategy. And so what I found is that minimum, well, not minimum, you've got to start with a great, a great story, a great narrative. You take that idea, that's not enough. Now take that idea and start to construct a story. The reason why we construct a story is, is, story is because it's going to be the thing that pushes through the crocodile brain. The crocodile brain is the part of us that acts like a spam filter. And that spam filter is what is protecting the, the limited attention that these people you're talking to have. Imagine attention is this finite resource. Maybe it's a reservoir of water, or maybe it's a glass of water, however you want to imagine it, but it is a finite resource that we only get a certain amount of every single day. And that attention is managed by the crocodile brain. There's a part of our brain that information passes through. It's like a gatekeeper. And that gatekeeper is going, is this exciting? If it's not, ignore it. Is this dangerous? If not, ignore it. Is this new and novel? If it is, cool, but summarize it. You know, and whatever you do, 
do not kick anything up to the neocortex or to the part of the brain that does mo the most of our rational thinking because that requires a lot more attention. Now you, you've, you've, you've experienced this. If somebody like shares an idea with you and you're like, eh, that sounds whack. You don't want to, you don't want to go process their Excel spreadsheets and look at all their strategies and tactics. You don't want to get into the details until you have a sense whether it's worth the investment. And so we tell stories and narratives around our ideas to get through the crocodile brain. So we even have a chance to share our strategies. You can't get to transformation. You can't get to impact without first capturing attention. You can't get to action without first capturing attention, right? Attention precedes that action. And so we tell stories to get the attention. Now, once we have their attention, then we go to work. You know, and, and just because you get it one time doesn't mean you'll have it forever. You're going to lean on that story more times than not. That story, when I'm pitching, you know, certain new ideas, I'm pitching that story anywhere and everywhere. And I got one story usually. And that story is the story I'm using in senior level meetings and staff meetings. It's what I'm using with, you know, certain customers. It's, it's the story that I, with employees. I'm, I'm using that story as much as I can because I'm trying to get it to seep into the entire organization. So you need a great story. Uh, once you have that great story, you obviously need to have your plan. You need to have your strategy. I've been in situations where people love the story. They're moved by it emotionally. They get it. They latch on. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, what do we do now? And we didn't have the whole plan intact just yet. So ideally you would have a plan that's built up enough so that if people do buy into your story, you can start to implement, you know, uh, immediately. You have an idea of what resources you need. You have an idea of, you know, what steps need to get taken. You have an idea of what needs to happen. You're not just sitting there with your pants down at your ankles, right? Like you, you, you kind of get a sense of what the next steps are. So. That is where your plan and your, your strategy and tactics would come in. But even when we have all that, you know, it seems pretty straightforward, but in reality, it's not. In reality, it's much more chaotic. It's not linear. It's not get from point A to point B. It is like start at point A and a bunch of squiggly lines that finally you may end up at point B. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that in particular because I think there are people out there that need to be in the game that are frustrated. People that need to be in conversations, raising their voices, but they've receded into the organization. They've got all the talent that they have and they're, they're just not using it right now because they ran into some opposition. They ran into some things and then just just backed down, backed off. It wasn't worth the emotional expense. And I want to just talk to those folks. Like I've, I felt that yesterday. I had a day where I was just like, man, this is so frustrating. Why am I doing this? And I think that's pretty common. I think if there isn't a sense of potential impact that you believe wholeheartedly, then don't just recede, get out of there. Go spend your time somewhere else. Go spend your time at an organization where you do feel like there's potential for real impact because there's no need to fool yourself, right? There's no need to try to spend your life in a place that has no desire to try to create real meaningful impact. 
So let's just put that. Some people go like, dude, I don't know if I should quit. I don't know if I should stay. And I'd go like, well, is it worth staying? Is it worth the fight? Like, do you see and believe in potential impact that this place has? If they say no, then I'm like, get the heck out of there. That's an easy answer. Like leave. You don't, this is your life. Nobody's going to, Nobody's going to care about your job, your life, your professional development, the way you spend your time more than you are, right? So you need, that's an easy one. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> and so there are a lot of people that I think need to be in the game. They just didn't quite realize how difficult um, it is to do change management how difficult innovation can be. And so if that's you, I want to, I want to just encourage you like, and encourage this community, um, to one, be thinking about this is actually a process and to set that expectation every day you're coming in, you're going, we're going to take new ground, even if that's just a baby step and that's fine. We're going to recalibrate our expectations to the reality of what this looks like, especially in big organizations. You might be in a two person startup. You're going to have a very different experience because you can be super agile at that point. But if you're in a bigger organization trying to affect change or in a big industry that's had years and years practicing and optimizing, you know, certain models and you're trying to change that, it's going to take some time. And so you got to be equipped with that mindset of, you know, it's going to take some time and build your teams up, build your community up so that you stay in the fight long enough. And then, you know, my, my other hope with, with this is not just to encourage, but to try to do some sharing of tools and knowledge of how people, you know, navigate this. How are they formulating stories? How are they getting through to people in a way that affects change? Are there key words? Are there certain ideas that have worked for you that you know can help the people here who are trying to affect change in a variety of organizations across the country? Like, I think it's super valuable to try to equip those particular types of people because in the end, they're not the ones who are just taking orders. They're not the ones just being a, a cog in the entire system uh, that, that, that feels divorced to any idea or philosophy that, that don't have a passion maybe for change. I'm not saying, you know, there isn't a, a place for folks to just take orders, I guess. But what I'm saying is I, I just feel called to those people who are trying to affect change, who are being counted on to find new innovations and they bear that weight. Those are the people that I want to encourage. And uh, my hope would be that, you know, people would be able to just share what works for them. A brilliant idea alone is never enough to cause the kind of change and transformation that I think people like to see. You know, I'm talking to the change agents, those guys who are like innovators, the creatives, the leaders and organizations that see the kind of change that needs to happen. And honestly, we're living in some times where a lot of organizations are trying to figure out how to make digital transformations. Uh, it's the, the, the idea of digital transformation is becoming a buzzword among a lot of agencies, right? It's where uh, an organization, a company of some sort had a product or service built in, in a day and age where digital didn't exist. And now their customers are all 
in this digital domain, you know, researching online, buying online, communicating about products and services to their friends online. And so there's this transformation that has to happen. And it's really, really hard if you're in an established organization, especially if they've experienced success, um, to try to change them. And it's, it's never enough to have just a great idea alone to affect that change. What I would say is transformation is a process, not an event. There is no flash in the pan moment or event that happens. Uh, it can sometimes be a long grind to getting to that place. And the bigger your organization is, understandably, the more complex and more time it will take. And so the mindset for that leader who's in that position, it, first and foremost, is critical. You're going to run into a ton of frustrations. You're going to take three steps forward. You're going to take you know, two steps back. You're going to take two steps forward and four steps back. Like there are going to be multiple things happening at different at different points in time that that oscillate between progress and snapping back to what everybody's always known. A couple things I just want to I just want to talk about uh, because I feel like I've spent my whole career in this context. Context. I feel like my life's calling has been about helping people and organizations take new ground. That's what I feel built to do. My temperament, my skill set, my experience, everything has kind of led to, you know, being in that type of position. And so um, I've done that for corporations, for nonprofits, churches, small businesses, big businesses, just all kinds of folks. And there are so many similarities that all of them share. And a lot of it is the resistance to change, the resistance to new. We love to talk about new. Everyone I've met loves to talk about innovation. They get fired up about vision and creativity. But when it comes down to applying it, to changing a process, changing a, a structure, shifting around who manages what and who will have authority and who will be the lead on this, who will be the, the new senior manager of a particular team, when it comes to breaking apart teams, and better utilizing them for the future that uh, is, is ahead of us. Oh man, all of a sudden that enthusiasm for vision and for new and for future is challenged. And if you're the innovator, you're the leader kind of leading that change and that charge, you're, you're in a world of a ton of opposition and challenge. And so you just have to have the mindset that, you know, people don't fear the unknown. They don't fear that new change. That's what I mean by the unknown. They don't fear like talking about, oh yeah, this new change. What they fear is losing the known. So people don't fear the unknown. They fear losing the known. They fear losing control. They fear, fear losing revenue. They fear losing you know, attendance or donors. They fear losing what they know. And the truth is, if this is just more of a, of a human experience now, the... The idea that you're in control now and that, you know, you have established some level of security and control is an illusion. You know, it, it's a total illusion. And this is part of the danger and the hubris 
and the 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 things that happen in organizations that end up dying is they can't let go of what they know what they what they've come to understand and sooner or later the world around them changes and the market demanding whatever it is they're offering whether a product or service is no longer there i wish this was an isolated event you know with one or two companies to point to but unfortunately every decade every year there are more and more examples of people who could not make this change um i built a whole business around serving you know folks who are trying to make this transition blockbuster video didn't make the transition you know to to streaming even when they had the opportunity to buy netflix they chose to double down on dvds kodak was the largest most innovative uh one of the most innovative companies in the world in their heyday with the most innovative labs so innovative they created digital technology uh before the market even i mean they invented it steve sisson their engineer invented digital photography and when he presented it to his senior management team they were like that's cute don't tell anybody about it and they snuffed the idea and later it was written about kodak that they had developed antibodies against anything that competed with film isn't that crazy that's what i'm talking about like we love this idea of new we love this idea of new things we can do but we don't realize that like our own physical bodies our organizations create these antibodies that reject fight or attack new ideas even if those new ideas are the future of what of 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 what your organization or your business could look like even if those new ideas come with incredible possibility opportunity and value for your business we will attack them our systems our processes our people will attack them because uh they're foreign and this is just normal so i mean kodak like i said kodak you know the taxi companies the hotel companies the sears didn't take amazon serious like you know and all these companies their businesses have radically changed or they just don't exist anymore so transformation is a process it's a difficult process and so the person i have found that's in it the leader that's in it you know either gets frustrated because of that opposition they they feel the corporate antibodies at work they either just get frustrated and leave or they recede you know they just kind of recede back into the organization and find something else to do and just kind of get you know like they they end up not caring like i'm just going to live my life and do what i want to do it's it's such a tragedy when you have people who really care about your business or about your service they genuinely care and then they get beat up so much by the antibodies in your organization that they're just like it it costs too much to care this much And so what they end up doing is receding into the organization and kind of take an approach where it's just like I'm going to go, you know, put me put in my time and then go, you know, go live my life. There's nothing really wrong with that technically, but there are just people and talent around us that do care. They do they have a natural drive. They're the kind of leaders that want to push forward and and it's unfortunate that many times in these settings those folks go underutilized and so they just recede into the organization what i have found with people like that you could almost double your capabilities almost overnight 
when you find ways to empower those people that are underutilized. You don't even have to go hire a bunch of people. Just take your superstars that you have that are hungry, that are naturally you know, wired to push forward and they care about the mission and they care about life counting. Take those people and empower them, man. Your job as a leader is not to just stack up those direct supports like that. Like just keep direct, just keep stacking up more and more of those rock stars those direct reports. Your job is to provide direct support to those people. Your job is to remove roadblocks. Your job is to get things out of the way so they can go do what they need to do. I'm telling you, you can literally almost duplicate or double, excuse me, you can double your, your capabilities. But instead, you know, the, the reality is people should know that by and large, if you're looking to change something, it could be some of the hardest work that you ever do. And so, you know, your, your mindset is, is critical because if you don't have this, this mindset that it's a little bit more of a process and it'll take time and taking new ground, you know, is kind of like step by step, um, you know, rather than this instant deal, you're going to get frustrated, you know, so you, so these people either leave, they recede, you know, or they just are among what I call the walking dead. They stay there, you know, but, but they stay in the organization, but they've already quit. <laughs> you know, they, they stay and quit and they're just kind of going through the motions. Uh, they're among what I call the walking dead, you know? So this is typically what happens. And I, I think this is one of the reasons why it's so hard for organizations to take new ground and to capture the opportunities that are out there. Um, it's a lot of it is just rooted in our own human nature. And so what are the things that, you know, need to happen? I think that what I have found in my own experience is, you know, sharing an idea is not enough to cause that transformation alone. You know, you have to have a story, a very clear narrative and a story. So, you know, some people share more passion more enthusiasm and optimism, they communicate more of that than they do a simple idea and a powerful idea. You know, they put, they put, the more that they see the opportunity, the more that they get a sense of, oh man, here's where it's going and we're seeing different people experience success. The more that they see the opportunity, the more excited they get and they don't, they're not self-aware that really what they're communicating is just a bunch of emotion. And so when nothing happens or there's no traction among their audience or among leadership, they get very frustrated. And instead, what I always like to say is take all of that energy and really focus on a strong narrative, a great story, a simple story. Uh, I say this a lot, the difference between a mediocre idea getting accepted and a great idea, a great idea being rejected is the story that you tell. I've seen a lot of people have great ideas, brilliant ideas, and they packaged it in a really poor story that didn't communicate, that didn't connect, and those ideas got rejected. And then I've seen, or excuse me, yeah, those ideas got rejected. Sorry, great ideas that were packaged poorly and communicated poorly that were rejected, even though they were great ideas. And then I've seen people with mediocre ideas who just had a better story. Those ideas were, 
were, were accepted and they got resourced, they got the people, they got the funding, they got whatever it is, you know, that they were looking for. And so my thing is the narrative and the story that you're telling matters incredibly. When I walk into a senior team meeting, it's not uncommon that I walk into like, it's like a war zone, you know, we're going in there and not really, you know, but, but you're going into a place where people's attention spans are short. You're walking into a place where it's like people, people don't really care. They want to know the bottom line. You may have 10 or 15 minutes, maybe five minutes to keep their attention and to present whatever you have to present. Nobody's there clapping for you, laying out the red carpet, you know, really giving you however much time you need to share all of your insights. When a business has had years and years of, of operation and existence, and it has invested in certain processes and ideas and philosophies, then they're vested in those processes and ideas to try to bring something new to the table that changes how everybody has been working, staffing their people, creating their budgets. You just gotta understand you're walking into kind of a hostile environment. So without a story, you're like walking to a battlefield without any guns, without any armor, without any artillery. You're gonna lose. You're gonna, ex I mean, ch more chances than not, you're gonna find you're gonna get run over by the culture. And no matter how strong, you know, that, that idea or strategy that you're bringing to it, it's like the old adage, culture eats strategy. So the culture that's already in that organization is gonna eat your strategy. And so what I found is that minimum, well, not minimum, you've got to start with a great, a great story, a great narrative. You take that idea, that's not enough. Now take that idea and start to construct a story. The reason why we construct a story is, is, story is because it's going to be the thing that pushes through the crocodile brain. The crocodile brain is the part of us that acts like a spam filter. And that spam filter is what is protecting the, the limited attention that these people you're talking to have. Imagine attention is this finite resource. Maybe it's a reservoir of water, or maybe it's a glass of water, however you want to imagine it, but it is a finite resource that we only get a certain amount of every single day. And that attention is managed by the crocodile brain. There's a part of our brain that information passes through. It's like a gatekeeper. And that gatekeeper is going, is this exciting? If it's not, ignore it. Is this dangerous? If not, ignore it. Is this new and novel? If it is, cool, but summarize it. You know, and whatever you do, do not kick anything up to the neocortex or to the part of the brain that does mo the most of our rational thinking because that requires a lot more attention. Now you, you've, you, you've experienced this. If somebody like shares an idea with you and you're like, eh, that sounds whack. You don't want to, you don't want to go process their Excel spreadsheets and look at all their strategies and tactics. You don't want to get into the details until you have a sense whether it's worth the investment. And so we tell stories and narratives around our ideas to get through the crocodile brain. So we even have a chance to share our strategies. You can't get to transformation. You can't get to impact without first capturing attention. You can't get to action without first capturing attention, right? Attention precedes that action. And so we tell stories to get the attention. Now, once we have their attention, then we go to work. 
you know, and, and just cause you get it one time doesn't mean you'll have it forever. You're going to lean on that story more times than not that story. When I'm pitching, you know, certain new ideas, I'm pitching that story anywhere and everywhere. And I got one story usually. And that story is the story I'm using in senior level meetings and staff meetings. It's what I'm using with, you know, certain customers. It's, it's the story that I, with employees, I'm, I'm using that story as much as I can because I'm trying to get it to seep into the entire organization. So you need a great story. Uh, once you have that great story, you obviously need to have your plan. You need to have your strategy. I've been in situations where people love the story. They're moved by it emotionally. They get it. They latch on. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, what do we do now? And we didn't have the whole plan intact just yet. So ideally you would have a plan that's built up enough so that if people do buy into your story, you can start to implement, you know, uh, immediately. You have an idea of what resources you need. You have an idea of, you know, what steps need to get taken. You have an idea of what needs to happen. You're not just sitting there with your pants down at your ankles, right? Like you, you, you kind of get a sense of what the next steps are. So. That is where your plan and your, your strategy and tactics would come in. But even when we have all that, you know, it seems pretty straightforward, but in reality, it's not. In reality, it's much more chaotic. It's not linear. It's not get from point A to point B. It is like start at point A and a bunch of squiggly lines that finally you may end up at point B. And I'm, I'm talking about that in particular because I think there are people out there that need to be in the game that are frustrated. People that need to be in conversations, raising their voices, but they've receded into the organization. They've got all the talent that they have and they're, they're just not using it right now because they ran into some opposition. They ran into some things and then just just backed down, backed off. It wasn't worth the emotional expense. And I want to just talk to those folks. Like I've, I felt that yesterday. I had a day where I was just like, man, this is so frustrating. Why am I doing this? And I think that's pretty common. I think if there isn't a sense of potential impact that you believe wholeheartedly, then don't just recede, get out of there. Go spend your time somewhere else. Go spend your time at an organization where you do feel like there's potential for real impact uh, because there's no need to fool yourself, right? There's no need to try to spend your life in a place that has no desire to try to create real meaningful impact. So let's just put that. Some people go like, dude, I don't know if I should quit. I don't know if I should stay. And I'd go like, well, is it worth staying? Is it worth the fight? Like, do you see and believe in potential impact that this place has. If they say no, then I'm like, get the heck out of there. That's an easy answer. Like leave. You don't, this is your life. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to care about your job, your life, your professional development, the way you spend your time more than you are. Right? So you need, that's an easy one. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> and so there are a lot of people that I think need to be in the game. They just didn't quite realize how difficult um, it is to do change management, how difficult innovation can be. And so if that's you, I want to, I want to just encourage you like, and encourage this community, um, to one, be thinking about, this is actually a process. 
and to set that expectation. Every day you're coming in, you're going, we're gonna take new ground, even if that's just a baby step and that's fine. We're gonna recalibrate our expectations to the reality of what this looks like, especially in big organizations. You might be in a two person startup, you're gonna have a very different experience because you can be super agile at that point. But if you're in a bigger organization trying to affect change or in a big industry that's had years and years practicing and optimizing you know, certain models and you're trying to change that, it's going to take some time. And so you got to be equipped with that mindset of, you know, it's going to take some time and build your teams up, build your community up so that you stay in the fight long enough. And then, you know, my, my other hope with, with this is not just to encourage, but to try to do some sharing of tools and knowledge of how people, you know, navigate this, how are they formulating stories? How are they getting through to people in a way that affects change? Are there key words? Are there certain ideas that have worked for you that you know can help the people here who are trying to affect change in a variety of organizations across the country? Like, I think it's super valuable to try to equip those particular types of people because in the end, they're not the ones who are just taking orders. They're not the ones just being a, a cog in the entire system uh, that, that, that feels divorced to any idea or philosophy that, that don't have a passion maybe for change. I'm not saying, you know, there isn't a, a place for folks to just take orders, I guess. But what I'm saying is I, I just feel called to those people who are trying to affect change, who are being counted on to find new innovations and they bear that weight those are the people that I want to encourage. And uh, my hope would be that, you know, people would be able to just share what works for them.